Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And he now lands Brian Callahan as his new head coach and deal, soon to be final. Time will tell. Let's see. If you win games, it's a great hire. We have no idea right now. We have zero clue. This is, you're not winning any headlines, I don't think, with the no. Brian Callahan hire. But I always thought that Zach Taylor was the one really calling the plays in Cincinnati. That is correct. And But they keep moving the goalposts on how they hire yeah. people. Better bring the check around. To the sad, sad truth, the dirty Lord down. 30 minutes ago, the Bengals found their new offensive coordinator, Dan Pitcher. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Daddy Mac Duke. I'm joined as always by Dr. Hoji, the electric smudgy, and John the brain Sheeran. And we have some actual Cincinnati Bengals news today because... After Brian Callahan defected to the Tennessee yeah. Titans of the defected. NFL, defected, we full, now know full fascist now, right? That Dan Pitcher, yes. the QB coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, he makes all the QB coaches in the world so proud. You see what we can do? He has become the offensive coordinator for Joe Burrow. Keep keep Cincinnati. going, Dan, and one day you, like me, will be able to be a host on the Number One Bengals podcast. Keep trying. Yes, and John, we don't know a lot about these two guys. In fact, they don't know a lot about themselves because they now don't which update. Which guys do you mean? Brian Callahan and Dan we Pitcher. We know a lot about Brian Callahan, actually. Well, he's been, I, he's I mean, been our, our offensive coordinator. For but quite what a while. I mean is, it's interesting he got so many job interviews when he hasn't really been on top of the job search, not even updating his profile photos. He was just using Dan Pitchers. And that is why everywhere you look, you, you see these articles about Brian Callahan, they have pictures of Dan Pitcher. That is, but somehow, Is that somehow, true? I, I can't tell if you're joking or not. John? The truth is, yes, people have been using Dan Pitcher's photo. Thank you. Um, for Brian Callahan articles. I don't think Brian Callahan is responsible for that happening. Because I know exactly what Brian Callahan looks like because they always go to him in the booth and he's usually really happy. That was just one game, the AFC Championship I remember that. game. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. Both of them have had the luxury of playing with Joe Burrow or coaching Joe Burrow. And now oh, okay, so that's how we're going to spin this. Well, that the there's fact no other that way. Every, well, there is. You know who you're talking to? When, when someone is trying to take a bunch of associate coaches from a team, that usually means that, that the coach of that team has been very successful. Well, here's the thing. That's how we got our own coach, Zach, was because of the Sean McVay success. Well, so you can't spin this as a Joe Burrow thing. This is a, definitely a Zach Taylor thing, my friend. I'm sorry to tell you that. John. Everybody wants the Zach Taylor culture. Okay, that's what people want on their team. That's why they're taking Brian. That's why Dan Pitcher was in such high demand. Okay. John, I'll give, you, I'll give you something here. Give me I something. think Joe Burrow yeah. is directly responsible for Brian Callahan uh, to getting a head coaching job, and Joe Burrow didn't have to play a single down in order to do it. 
I think Callahan was in the conversation to get a head coaching job last year, specifically with the Indianapolis Colts. He ultimately didn't get it. But the work that he was doing with Joe Burrow over the past couple of years obviously made an impression around the league. Now, 2023, Burrow gets hurt. He's out for the rest of the year. All the expectations are down of the Bengals. They're out of the playoff picture at this point. They're not going to be involved. They're not going to win any more games. And Jake Browning comes in, and he does really well, especially for a backup quarterback. He's playing like one of the better quarterbacks in the league from a production standpoint. It took Jake Browning looking like a capable quarterback under the tutelage and guidance and play calling and direction of Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, in order for Callahan, who was already in that position of offense coordinator, it's a clear jumping off point to become a head coach. It took Jake Browning's work without Joe Burrow on the field to actually make teams serious about hiring Brian Callahan. It's why he got three or four interviews with different teams. It's why the Titans didn't let him leave for Carolina to interview. So ultimately, yeah, Joe Burrow was responsible. So, so I, I like that because that that was basically John kind of saying what I said in a smarter way, but right. ba- but you, you see what he's saying, Daddy, because I knew you might it might have yeah. gone over your head. It's he's saying Joe Burrow. Yeah. No, he's not saying anything about Joe Burrow. He was using Joe Burrow to tell you that when you take Joe Burrow out of the equation and the team still still does well, people see that the, the coaching yeah. is responsible. Well, it's like it's like when someone walks into a room with a lot of cologne and they walk out of the room, and the room is still smells fragrance. That is what Joe Burrow has done for the Cincinnati Bengals this past year. His, okay, I the, gotta admit, the, I like that metaphor. I, I want to say something in rebuttal, and yet that's how it is when I walk in and out of a room. I have to admit, okay, I like that. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. John, here's the thing. Nobody knows what Dan Pitcher does on the Cincinnati Bengals, not even the Cincinnati Bengals. No, we, All we they know is that know he does. they have seen Joe know. Burrow. They have seen Joe Burrow look like a hero, like a legend, and they're like, all right, I guess Joe Burrow can just be the offensive coordinator now. He likes this Dan Pitcher guy. Keep him around. And, you know, everything's going to be moving as uh, probably better because you have fewer people in Joe Burrow's way. I think that is the plan, John. That is not the plan. Not necessarily. I think the misconception here in general with the Bengals is that Zach Taylor has too much on his plate. And that's why people are trying to pry play calling duties away from him. They think that he's just doing too much and he's a great head coach, but he's he's got too much going on. It's not really the case because guys like Dan Pitcher have responsibilities of their own. Like I'm not entirely sure what Brian Callahan's specific responsibilities as offense coordinator was, aside from just what you would think an offense coordinator would do aside from calling plays. But with Dan Pitcher specifically, he was in charge of third downs. He was in charge of third down game planning, third down play calling, basically giving that input, direct input into Zach's ears before Zach actually spoke the words into Joe Burrow's helmet. Like the wide receiver coach, Troy Troy Walters, he's mainly in charge of the red zone concepts and mainly in charge of red zone play calling and just scheming up what's going to work when they get down in those situations. So a lot of these different coaches on Zach's staff and just the general architects of the offense had these specific responsibilities. And that was Pitcher. He was mainly in charge of third down. And I think in general, his job became harder because with bad offensive line play and, and bad running game, like he was constantly put in third and long situations and the playbook was just diminished in general. There's not a lot of options that you can have when you're third and seven consistently. So when you're third and short or third and medium, it opens up the playbook a lot more and it would have allowed Dan Pitcher to have maybe an easier job. So he's been through the ringer already with his specific responsibility and now he's going to have more on his plate as the offensive coordinator. And John, and John, I love that. But but so can we agree that the Bengals looked really good? recently on third down and so that's a, there's a lot to hope for there i mean i'm remembering for example the the the, the cincinnati Bengals in the marvelous marvin, marvin lewis era god bless marvin lewis but third down was always a problem marvin used to say that he used to say that in, in the conferences he would say 
we got to do better on third down. I've been looking, in, and there's so many memorable, great Bengals third down conversions. Do you agree? I'm sorry. What are we doing here exactly? Third down obviously is important because very important. we're talking the, about Dan, the, we're talking about what but, Dan Pitcher did because you, you claimed that we know what he did. Down. Wait, wait. I understand. On third down, you were like, I don't know what Dan Pitcher does. Nobody knows. Like, he John said, was like, this is precisely what Dan Pitcher. Wait, does. who who is the one bailing out the Bengals on third down? Joe Burrow. How many you know, times he's on have the field? Make? What about yeah. Jake Browning? Jake. Okay, hold on. Jake Browning. I love the guy. But he had one game where he was really angry at the Vikings. He had one game on the Jaguars where nobody had ever that's, seen him throw football before. No. And then that's, he had one game against the Colts. That's how sports shows work, but that's not the reality. You don't actually okay, win a game okay, look, because you're angry. Here's the thing. Dan Pitcher was a QB coach. Hoji, you were a QB coach. Right. We're, okay, talking we're talking similar levels of Let's a strategy. Mm -hmm. You told us it is yeah. getting them the juice boxes, it's massaging their feet, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's not feet. being an offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And let alone, John, by the way, Brian Callahan was not the real. Brian Callahan, Brian Callahan didn't do the thing that is most first on your, you know, you, you know, on top of your mind when it comes to offensive coordinator which is calling plays brian callahan didn't do that so the qb coach you know he's the qb coach to an offensive coordinator who's not even a real offensive coordinator what is he doing nothing okay let us Listen, move on, on because no, i think no, yeah. no calling this is plays, ridiculous hold on daddy i gotta clarify something calling plays just means you make the final decision no but that doesn't mean that yes that doesn't mean that the, the other like the offensive coordinator isn't presenting you with let's say two options and so, you choose so, one. okay so you're saying it's it's just about the final okay so if if pitcher is just third down then what is that well he would He's like making say, calls on third down yeah. Yeah. Literally doesn't seem is. very hard burrow it, throw it, it. we hard. need seven yards throw no, it that's eight not yards what they say they don't say joe burrow make it first down that's not that you they just call, call him joe they don't say joe burrow they say joe oh, they say joe go okay win. that's not coaching hold on hold on i i got a i got a legitimate question for john okay daddy will use the word i think defect didn't you daddy Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I don't like that word, but I can't help but wonder with Brian Callahan knowing the locker room so well, knowing Zach and Lou and everything on the other side of the ball so well, is this really going to put us at a disadvantage every time we play the Tennessee Titans? I mean, that's going to happen once, I guess, this year. I mean, um, if they have Will Levis, I mean, as the quarterback. Not bad. Uh, well, not great yet, but not bad. Yeah, it's chunky. Okay. Brian look, Callahan, by the way, was a quarterback's coach with with no play calling experience before he became the Bengals offense coordinator. There you the go. Way. There you go. Nobody knows what they're doing. Well, the I'm glad somewhere. it's nice to have one adult in the room in Joe Burrow, or as they call him on the field when he's about to take care of third down, Joe. Okay, look, I want to move on because there's one guy who actually does do things on the coaching staff who did not get the offer and his name is you say Joe Burrow I'm gonna Lou Anarumo right. right John Lou Anarumo last year was one of the hottest coaching candidates this year nothing no right and and the defense let's be honest the defense took a step back they didn't have they had a lot of injuries that year a lot of injuries Joe Burrow was out they didn't no, have the their, defense they had injuries well but Joe Burrow being out you know I mean they did not have a lot of morale let's just be honest that was well, the yeah, bottom PJ line. Yeah, Reader and all kinds. Right. Of, yeah. Right. And so uh, they they did not look good, John. 
They gave up a lot of yards. They looked, let's be honest, they looked, people were out of place. They the safeties, okay. the linebackers took a step back. And, uh, you know, we didn't get a lot from the defensive line outside of Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader when he was healthy. So, John, Lou Anarumo is, what, 65 years old now. He, something, he's, he's old. He, he, <laughs> anyways, he, um, he had a lot of, you know, he, he didn't really, he was a defensive backs coach before he came to the Bengals. He had a great run for a couple of years. But, John, I mean, is his time over? Lunar Rumo, by the way, um, had like six, five games of play calling experience uh, before he became the play caller of the Bengals defense. And that was all in Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I don't think Lunar Rumo specifically diminished or it was like his abilities were diminished this year, which, in my opinion, is the reason why he should have been still getting he uh, head coaching opportunities. I don't think he's any less of a coach than he was this past year. But you listed a bunch of issues that the, that the defense went through, and I think it all cascaded from the changes in the secondary. I think everyone who talked about the Bengals last year in the offseason completely underrated the impact of losing both starting safeties and essentially having a rookie start across from Cam Taylor Britt and DJ Turner. Like, I think most of those guys that played, aside from Nick Scott, are good players and there will be good players in the future. But it was too much change in the back end and that affected the communication with the linebackers. That's why Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson were not as effective in coverage. And then once you have all this discombobulation going on in the back seven, it does become harder for your front four to get uh, pressures and just to, they, it forces them to win even quicker than they're used to because you're giving up explosive plays within three seconds of the quarterback snapping the ball. It's just everything is just it's just an avalanche of problems that really starts from the back end. And that is where Luna Rumo specializes, right? He's, he was a defensive backs coach. So there was just too much turnover in the defense that led to all these issues and explosive plays. But I don't think it makes Luna Rumo a worse coach. And I think the NFL should have still been considering him for a head coach. Yeah, people, yeah, I agree. people are yeah. a little bit too clung to the headlines. Daddy, Luna Rumo is 57 years old. He's a Leo. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say from Jesse New Bates. York, by the way. So yeah. he's got that New York toughness. I got to say, you got you, you Daddy, you talk about the failures of Lou Anarumo, but the fact that he could hang on no. as long as he did. I like with a really dis, With a really dysfunctional, I mean, people, all these people hurt yeah. uh, defense. I think that points to his abilities. Well, I'm proud yeah, well of we dude. can't really look at this year's know. defense. You can't justify. You can't make an argument that this year's defense was something other teams want. Now, they did have moments, John. They made yeah. a lot of big plays. They big won plays. some games for us, games. John, right? They won two or three games for yeah. us. But overall, if someone's looking at it, they're like, is there anything about that defense that I want? No. They were like last in the league in a lot of categories, right? Or close to it. So, I mean, it's really hard to say, hey, I want this guy's defense, and that's enough for me to hide. Now, if he had the other stuff, if he had the, the charm or the, the, you know, whatever Zach Taylor had to get his job without having a real resume, if he had that stuff, then you say, you, okay. You managed to sneak in an insult on Coach John, Zach. it's true. John, can it. we admit? John, can you admit it's true? Zach Taylor did not have he did not have the credentials what to get a head Zach coaching man have job. To do John, to prove himself. No, I'm talking about before he came to, to the. No, he's a great coach for the Bengals. John, before he came to the Bengals, he hadn't proven anything. 
Sure. Zach Taylor. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Look, but, in the speaking but no, of, no, 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 I wasn't You done. said sure. I wasn't. Either. I said sure because you were asking a very archaic question. Because apparently head coaches are supposed to have years and years of play calling no. experience. Maybe yeah, a no, month that's what, would be nice. That's what you're implying. He, a month had, would be nice. He had a year in college and he had a month and a half in the NFL, mind what, you, What, in the, the Dolphins? On the Dolphins? That doesn't count, John. Th- That's where Anaruma was. That's where he had his play calling experience. Anaruma is totally different, John. You're mixing How? offense and defense. You're mixing things up listen john no, no i want to hold on why is play calling even that important it's the most overanalyzed thing in football it's not even close agreed agreed when you have joe burrow it doesn't really matter who's calling the place listen <laughs> i want to just say one thing real quick john okay i just want to say one thing we talked about zach taylor not being qualified guess what brian callahan similarly who is the same model of a zach taylor is that he is the zach taylor to zach taylor when zach taylor you know was with sean mcveigh right he had the zach taylor role with Zach Taylor. You agree, it's right? It's like Russian nesting dolls. Yes. Each, John, each John, Zach right? Taylor opens up to another Zach Taylor. <laughs> mm-hmm. John, do you get what I'm saying? I he do. Had the, I do. He I'm, had I'm the, he had the glorified it. offensive coordinator position, right? With, or, you know, where it's like, anyways. So here's the thing. A lot of people, like we saw in the clips before this with Keyshawn Johnson, they're like, wait a second. Where did this guy come from? Let's, what about let's it? not... Let's what not about use Keyshawn Johnson to mistake no, no. analysis? Here. Well, hold on. But they're like, okay, we can talk about Pat McAfee, who was like, okay, when they were like, okay, Aaron Glenn, the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator, right? He he was a hot candidate, but he didn't get the chance. Why? They're like, why? Why? And and let me just say something. I agree with you, John. I'm not a big Pat McAfee fan. I'm kind of honestly sick of seeing him everywhere. It's like. I open my computer, he tells me I have a virus. I go to get coffee at McDonald's and it's now it's called, you know, no, Pat McAfee coffee that's or whatever. Li- that's literally just a virus protection program. Yeah. Anyways. There's no, there's no pat in front of that. You didn't explain the coffee. Look, John, here's the thing. But they are saying, yeah, go ahead. All right. So there are some other really exciting things happening in the NFL. Okay, we're going to move on from Callahan. Okay. I'd like to, I'd like to get your insights John and Adio, on the fascinating developments coming out of San Diego. Yeah, or, let's do it. Or not San Diego, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell me about this because every time there was a coaching cycle, I was like, what about Harbaugh? I kept saying, yeah. why doesn't someone get the guy? And, and to clarify, we're why. talking about I knew Jim why. Harbaugh. It was a pr- it was, it was Jim, Jim Harbaugh Chargers. Not the, not the Harbaugh who's, you know, who's still in in coaching a team that's no, still no, no, winning no. That's games. John Harbaugh. That's John, John Harbaugh. Harbaugh this Ravens. is his brother. Yeah. And I knew why, because the man's cantankerous. And when you're a cantankerous guy, people don't want to hire you, which I think is dumb. And John. wait, did did the Belichick thing is that official or not? No. Okay. So yeah, so I want to talk about the, the John. Let's talk about Harbaugh because I wanted, look, I wanted Jim Harbaugh to the Bengals before they got Zach Taylor because he's a culture changer. He went into the 49ers. John, you remember, they were winning like four games a year when he went there. I remember. All of a sudden, they're deep into the playoffs every year with who? With Alex Smith. And then Colin Kaepernick, who had like one or two great years, right? And he's not doing with elite quarterbacks, but those teams fought. They had you know, amazing defenders. And by the way, after he was fired or he left, I don't remember what happened. Do you remember like half that roster retired, John? Half that roster, yeah, like but, in their late But that 20s. roster was really good when he got there, aside from quarterback. Wait, but it doesn't matter. Point is, they loved playing for him. 
Once yeah. he left, they all left. I've never seen guys like 27 year old future Hall of Fame owners like leaving all of a sudden because their coach left. And this guy doesn't get another. I mean, he goes to Michigan and whatever. He had unfinished business. He waited till he won the championship. But I've never seen a guy be that successful in the NFL not come back, you know, until what, 10, 15 years? What's crazy? Well, I think. Was yeah, there also like, some sort of controversy that was surrounding him in the college football? Nobody cares yes. about that. You come to the NFL, all that disappears. Well, maybe that's why well, he well, finally sure. left college football. It's like when you go over the border, you know, you don't, you're not going to be went to college. Way. He went to college football because he, he knew he was going to have more power and he knew he didn't have to deal with a billionaire owner. He just had to deal with, you know, an athletic. So player. why is he on the Chargers? Why did he go to the Chargers? I would imagine because... Um, he sees Justin Herbert. He sees like an, another 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 chance to match his brother in terms of Super Bowl wins, and he already won a national championship with his alma mater. So it's just the next step in his career. Yeah, if he if, as long yeah. as he has an owner that he feels like he can just control, which I feel like that is probably the reason why he wasn't allowed back in the NFL. Not not blackball, but like an owner didn't give him a chance because he was just too much of a of a power figure, and they, and they didn't want to wrestle that away. But John, he doesn't assume the GM role. No, but you can still have more control than like you saw roster see. control and stuff like that. Yeah. He's got a lot of attitude and a lot of ideas. He's a prickly pear. Well, John, how is he a fit on the Chargers? Because nobody knows who they have on defense. All they know is Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's a problem. They're like way over the cap. They need to make a lot of moves in order to build a contender immediately. They just made a lot of bad decisions in free agency the past couple of years. Um, like look, the clue Mac trade was fine and everything, but like they just they have nothing up front defensively. They're also injured a lot because they're the Chargers and they're cursed in that sense. But if there is a curse breaker, maybe it's Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. Oh, I agree. It's it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to compete for a championship in the first couple of years. But they'll be they'll be competitive just because the quarterback's good and the head coach is good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Belichick is probably going to the Saints, right? That's the rumor. Saints aren't a thing it might be the falcons the falcons everybody's talking about the falcons that's the rumor yeah, that's the rumor now it was the saints now it's the falcons. people were saying saints never saints, fire their coach but they never it doesn't john but on it this matters. show it, it it matters it matters there All was right. actually a rumor on this show that, that belichick was coming to the Bengals. daniel created that rumor i was quite proud of him that thank was you one of your great accomplishments of lying thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right john Look, we have a couple other items to get to real quick, okay? Number one, Jonathan Sheeran. You were born in Cincinnati. You Wait, love the city of Cincinnati. Jonathan. Jonathan's John. not my birthday. Johnny. Johnny, Johnny Sheeran. You know John Acceptable. and Jonathan are two different names, right? Okay. John. Yeah. John Sheeran was born in Cincinnati. No born into a... to Ed? No. No. Born into a Bengals family. Loves no. the Bengals. No, boy. had season Steelers tickets to family. the Bengals. Do you not watch this? His show? mom is Steelers. Dad, Bengals. Pay attention. Listen. You're born into a half half Bengals family. Right. He's half Bengals. Okay. He's got. He's got. He's got just the, the white stripes. Right. He look. He 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 loves the Bengals. Yeah. He he's been writing about the Bengals, talking about the Bengals for about yeah twenty three of his twenty five whatever years. Loves the team. Yeah. He hates the Steelers. Hates them. He, he, he understands the rivalry. Yeah. And the Browns. But, Who but, would like the Browns? But now, 
He's rooting for the Baltimore Ravens yeah. to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Explain yourself. Let's go. Yes. Explain yourself, John. Explain yourself. I have, I have zero love for the Baltimore Ravens. I want to make that very clear. Um, I think specifically after last year's playoff game when Roquan Smith and Marcus Peters and even John Harbaugh himself were just a bunch of sore losers, didn't really sit well with me as an objective observer of the NFL. I don't give a crap what the Ravens do. Lamar Jackson's one of my favorite players in the NFL, and I understand what team he plays for. Um, I'm not going to cry tears of sadness if Lamar Jackson loses to Pat Mahomes or loses the, the, the uh, Super Bowl if he gets there. But I think as someone who's watched Lamar's career unfold, him overcoming just absurd levels of doubt and hatred and undertones of racism, to get to where he is now, he's about to be a two-time MVP, to prove a lot of people's archaic opinions wrong about him, it would be cool, in my opinion, to see him succeed at the highest level. Now, if that pisses off Bengals fans, I don't give a crap. I don't have to explain myself. You guys know who I am. You guys know the objective analysis that I provide. But if Lamar Jackson has success, I'm not going to feel sad about it. I'm not going to feel hatred towards him. I don't care what he thinks about Joe Burrow. Apparently, they're not the best of friends. I don't care. I don't know either of these guys. I like watching Lamar Jackson play, and if if he succeeds, I think that's pretty cool. If he doesn't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. John, okay, can, you, John. can you tell yeah, hold us? On. Who, it's, wait, hold on. There's some yeah. of our fans out there, the kids, who don't know the whole story about the hatred and hatred between Lamar and, and Joe Burrow. Could you give us Even I don't know about that. I was well, just told that like this more, A little bit more. He, he walked off the field without shaking his hand after he blew them out 41 to 17. John. Wow. Who, who blew who cool. out? Bengals, obviously, they had Joe Burrow. And, oh. and and if that offends you, then that I I am not judging you at all. If that um, factors into your feelings towards him, that that's perfectly fine. I'm not I'm not going to judge one way or the other. Lamar I don't really care. Yeah. Okay. John. Okay. John is somewhat of a Rihanna, I guess you can say, where he's a yeah, fan of the player, not the fan of the team. Well, which she has an affinity for LeBron James, and she's a, a James whatever. Uh, a stand, oh, so right? She John? doesn't like the Lakers, but she likes she doesn't the care. She try. She pretends the team doesn't exist. So, John, I'm just trying to get inside your mind. Movie. How does that? How does that work? Where you're rooting for Lamar, but the other players? It's you're easy hoping... because we don't care about either team, Daddy. The Bengals okay. aren't playing. So well, we... I do care. I don't like the Chiefs. I, I don't like the Chiefs, Chiefs because the Chiefs are a bunch of babies. Yes, bunch of babies, and they get things to go their way that they don't deserve. They had a lot of calls go their way. They yeah, had I'm four. Sheeple. Yeah. They're sheeple. They had like four tries on third or fourth down last year in the AFC Championship game, if people remember. Yeah. I've never and seen that happen, by the way. Never seen For that happen. For the kids who are watching and, 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 and weren't watching that game, they literally let them replay a play. I've yeah. never seen like that. Like three happen. times, more yeah. than once. Yeah. And and Joe Burrow, what? They had an intentional late. grounding call that was ridiculous. That was I agree that the late hit was a late hit. I'm not going to argue Holmes, that. He's got this weird walk, and then he cusses all. He cusses after right. games. What's up with you, Patrick? And then not only that, food? not only that, but they take one comment about Burrowhead that they saw in some silly video, some highlight video on your show, and they get so it doesn't matter. Daddy they get it doesn't matter. Controversy that made us lose. And and then Chris Jones finally gets so pumped up. He has his first postseason sack at the age of like thirty-two. I mean. I just hate the fact that some people feel guilty about that. They shouldn't feel guilty that they play the role in Burrowhead, the Burrowhead, you know, controversy. This That's another like reason I hate free the Chiefs. therapy for Daddy. <laughs> He's working it out right here on the show. Let's, let's also, also make something else Lamar. clear. I'm, yeah, because, but, no, like, 
I think we all assume that the NFC team is going to be the Niners. I'm operating under that assumption. If it's the Lions, I'm absolutely yeah. rooting for the Detroit Lions. Like that's not yeah. even a question. But again, if it's Lions versus Ravens and Lamar is hosting the Lombardi, it's not like I'm not going to be like, oh, I hate Lamar. Like, oh, he's a Raven. Like, it's not. It's just not how I operate. I don't know. John, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you prefer that Lamar goes out there in the Super Bowl, throws two interceptions for 150 yards, but they win, and he looks bad, or that he mm. has 350 yards passing, three touchdowns, he looks amazing, and they lose? That sounds like a better game, I think, overall. So I'm going to go with the second one. Yeah. Okay, I can agree. More enjoyable to but watch, I think. John, yeah. you mentioned the Detroit speaking Lions. Of, hold on, speaking of real quick, speaking of enjoyable to watch, I'm agreeing with everything John's saying, and one of the things I love about Lamar is I love watching that man play. He mm-hmm. has this thing where it looks like he's just playing in his backyard. He looks so cool. He's fast. He, he can looks run. so cool. Yeah. He looks so comfortable, so yeah. opposite of nervous. I got to say, I am. I was once not someone who did not believe in Lamar, but I am a believer in Lamar. He's very can you fast. imagine playing tag against him? You can't. It would you can't hard. tag him. No, but it's, it's hard for us to play tag in general, me and Daddy O, because movement is hard for us. John, here's the thing. You talked about. You talked about the Detroit Lions. Now, what was now, that burp about? <laughs> burp was, that was. I'm on a new diet, and uh, uh, these fruits and vegetables they talk about, they actually carry a lot more gas than the stuff mm-hmm. I'm used to. Listen, John. Here's the thing. You talked about the Detroit Lions. <laughs> John, you mentioned the Detroit Lions Mm -hmm. and they have this uh, coach, Dan Campbell who said we're going to bite off your kneecaps and he said he said I don't care if you have half an ass cheek and excuse my language and three toes I'm going to kill you and and here's the thing John it's it's so specific you feel like he's describing a, 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 a real person who doubted him. But he went out there, John, and he did all the things that he promised. He is biting, he is eating, he's doing all these things. He's, you know, and, and the Lions play with that sort of, I want to say, uh, savagery? Panache. Caveman. We are Lions. John, this team ha- does not look impressive. They barely beat the Bucks. They, Jared Goff was, you know, they're hanging in there and they're winning these games. But they really... Play to what I mean is John. What I mean is there's no individual on offense. Let's just say their quarterback or their the way their offense look. Look, Jamar Gibbs had some great plays, but there's nothing where you're like, okay, you can't stop this offense. It's more just about the team really wanting to get it done, and, and you don't see that very often in the NFL, right? I mean, you see you see one side of the ball. You see a, an offense unstoppable. You see like a defense, like you see like the Ravens right now. Their their defense looks pretty on. Un- like pretty amazing you see this every once in a while or you know you could say the Niners whatever. but this whole team plays with a certain kind of purpose that you don't yeah. see very often I accept that John no I, I think it's a good point I think right now what the Lions are on is pretty rare it's very reminiscent to the Bengals for a lot in a lot of ways and that's why I think it'd be great if the Lions win now because I think we've seen that it is it is tough to get back to the stage. It's tough for everything to start clicking. It's tough for this this motivation, this I, I guess just feel and vibe to just last for years and years. It's it's a great 
culture that the Lions have obviously established. And that's another thing, too. Like, everyone thought that Dan Campbell's kind of a doofus talking about biting kneecaps when he was first introduced. But when the results back up the initial premise, then everyone starts to believe. And I don't think any team right now believes more in what they're doing than the, than the Lions. But at the same time, like, I know that you didn't want to be, like, completely discrediting the Lions, but they still have guys that can make plays. And I feel like that's still a big reason. Sam Laporta, phenomenal tight end. Amon Ron St. Brown, a phenomenal wide receiver to compliment Gibbs perfectly. And Jared Goff is playing well because they have a phenomenal offensive line in front of them. So this offense can compete with against any defense in the NFL, and it's why they have a good chance against the Niners. Yeah, I didn't mean to discredit them. I'm just watching them, John. And maybe the Bucks are better than I thought they were. But not, it, it doesn't. they don't look like one of those teams that's steamrolling people. You know, they look like they're just... Just getting it, getting it done. You didn't know? they sleep roll? Sleep roll. Didn't they steamroll the Ravens? Or am I getting that backwards? I think the Ravens destroyed them, right? I don't remember. I don't really care about the Ravens. But John, okay. Final thing I want to talk about is T. Higgins. We forgot to mention him when we talked about Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan, Tennessee. T. Higgins from Tennessee. Brian Callahan was on the Bengals. T. Higgins is technically I don't know. Is he still in the Bengals? If his what? agents will let him be. John, they can tag him. The Bengals can tag him, but Brian Callahan is going to want to do some of the things he did in Cincinnati. You mentioned the possibility of trading for Jake Browning. I don't know if that's possible, but now we have T. Higgins. Is he going to make a push for T. Higgins? Because they need a receiver. It's possible. Um, I think if T. Higgins hits the free agency market, which again is not the expectation, they'll be one of the front runners to sign him, not just because. Brian Callahan and his familiarity with him. T is from Tennessee. It means a lot to him, I think, to play in that state. It meant a lot to him to play there the past couple of seasons. Um, it's going to be an interest for him if he gets that chance. But again, I don't think anyone really expects him to get that chance. So you're looking at a situation where Bengals can tag him, have his rights for the season. Um, they have until like July to get a deal done if that's the case. So if the Titans want to trade for him, then they would have to essentially commit to like a sign and trade and that's the only way the Bengals could get like a first round pick for him, which again, I think the year that T. Higgins had that that might, you know, be unlikely to some people, but still, like Hollywood Brown, AJ Brown, there's another receiver that I'm forgetting, like all these guys netted first round picks for, for their original teams. It hasn't really always worked out for those for those teams that traded them, but like that's still I think the going rate for a receiver who's commanding, you know, north of twenty, twenty five million dollars a year. So I think that's what the Bengals would want, and I don't think the Titans would probably offer that. And even, the, even if they do, like it's still unlikely for the Bengals to trade one of their better players. So I, I think T to Tennessee is unlikely in general, but it would take a, a pretty substantial trade offer, I think, for the Bengals to move off of him. I, I just want to add something here, which is that yeah. you have to understand, I, I've always been a big T. Higgins fan, and I think he's great. But even I, if I wanted to say, okay, where is he on the Bengals in terms of being the valuable player? He's still like fifth. You got, you know, Burrow, you've got your Jamar, you've got your Trey, you've got your DJ, and then you've got your Higgins. But there's a lot of places that T. Higgins could go to where he would be the second or maybe even first most valuable player on the team, believe it or not. And I think he's going to do everything in his power to make that happen. But the only thing that gives me hope is if you remember, Joe Burrow made that statement, which is that there's something, there seems to be something in his contract about keeping T. Higgins. If you remember, he said, we no. made sure... We They're saying to, that he has structured his contract such that there'd be room for T. Higgins to sign his deal now. Right, John? Yes. And so maybe that gives us hope because I think this team does go a step down without T. Higgins. Wait, John. He's not, he's not easily replaceable. We've seen him in the big moments. We, we saw him connect with both 
Jake Browning and AJ McKinnon. John, where do you stand on T's value? I mean, I think from what, from John's perspective, let me just speak for John because please, because I, I feel like from John's perspective, for himself, yeah. his, his perspective is that the Bengals are structured. They have built this team around they are, they like, that is their, you know, axis of, of, uh, let's say offense, right? You have the, the Joe Burrow, you have the Jamar Chase and T Higgins that, and that is kind of what the team is built around or that's the, the hope, right? John? Three fronts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think even if T had like a really good year this year, um, which would only make it, I think, even harder to extend him to a long-term deal. I think you're at a point where it's a really good receiver class. You have guys who are developing on the team in Yoshevis and Charlie Jones. You know that what you're going to have to pay Chase. The time to extend T was last year because you could structure his deal better where you could spread out the cap hits. Now when he's going to be like a just a straight-up free agent, like you're taking on the bulk of that cash and, and cap hits like immediately. So it does make it harder, I think. So that's why, in my opinion, you you would entertain a trade. But again, I'm speaking for the Bengals here. They, they won't do that just because he's T. Higgins, and they just don't do that to players like him. But I think with everything kind of aligning in terms of the incoming talent, in terms of what they still have to do for the rest of the roster, I, I, I think the, the value of T doesn't exceed the need to hold on to him. Um, but again, if, if they keep him for a year, like he's still a really good player. The Bengals are better for him compared to an unknown. It's not going to be the worst decision in the world. But yeah, I think just with all the other factors, like T's value just comes into kind of a question for that. Counterpoint. Uh, yes, you know, logically they should have signed T last year. But from the Bengals' perspective, things couldn't have got, gone much better. Joe Burrow was injured. T was injured. He had the down year to start his first like ten games. He wasn't didn't look like himself, right? Maybe twelve games. He had, he got a hot finish, but his stats are down. Most teams they don't have the time or you know the the brain power to go and actually watch those games. They look at the numbers. They say, okay, what you know, eight hundred yards. Oh, he's he's already on the decline, right? No, John. I let's be honest. Look, I no, think look, people have memories. They remember. The, the no, the no, 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 but, but they're NFL players. They're NFL players. You know, one down year heading. This is why you have so many guys going into the contract. They go out of their minds to push their bodies to up their production so that it's like, oh, this person is on the incline, not the decline, because those bodies break down fast, John. You have to admit, having a down year could, it's probably going to impact his money a little bit, at least the guaranteed money. As opposed to Maybe. having that pristine image of, hey, he played next to Jamar Chase, 1,000 yards every year. Okay, if he wasn't playing next to Jamar Chase, he'd have 1,300, 1,400 yards a year, right? That that was the image. But now it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the production doesn't matter as much as like what teams feel as medical is. And I think that's the, that's the main thing. And that might be the main detractor as to why the Bengals may not go all into signing him on an extension. The soft body, you know, the soft tissue injuries that he's accumulated over three, four years now. He's never played like over 70% of the team snaps in a single season. Like these hamstrings, that's these, true. Like, like they've all kind of just piled up over the years. And I don't think that's going to, you know, completely change his market. But if there were to be something that would diminish his value compared to what it's expected, it would be injury concerns. Um, I but see. It, it just might not be enough, I guess. Okay. Well, with that... Yeah. I just well, what should the kids what should the kids write in the YouTube? Well, comments? they should write in the comments 
who is going to be the actual Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator next year? Is it going to be know. Joe Burrow? We already know that. No, don't okay. And write, don't forget to check out John's articles. Hold on. Which on. one do you hate more? Chiefs or Ravens? Oh, that's a good one. A to Z sports.com slash Cincinnati. We'll see you next time. So long. Sweetie. Bye. Don't eat meat. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.